When you're finished with this episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to this episode of the Locked on Bucks podcast, our second dropping today on Thursday. If you're confused by that statement, there's another episode that dropped earlier today. Make sure you check that one out. That was a crossover with Ross Jackson, the host of the Locked on Saints podcast. This one, a crossover Julian Council, host of the Locked on Panthers podcast. As we wrap up our NFC South preview crossover series, I am David Harrison again on Twitter at dharrison82. My co-host James Yarko can be found at jyarko underscore bucks. The show at Locked on Bucks. And then find everything we're writing about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and writing at bucksnation.com on Twitter at bucks underscore nation. Let's get right to my conversation with Julian Council, host of Locked on Panthers podcast. On Twitter at Julian Council. Link to uh, to follow Julian will be in the show description, so make sure you go down there, give Julian a follow. And, and for those of you who have been listening to the Locked On Bucks podcast for a long time now, you might be a little confused. Yes, Julian is new to the network, a great new addition, the new host, new to us host of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Been around for a little bit now, uh, just in time, Julian, for a quarterback change, second year of, of an exciting new head coach in an exciting division with a lot of shuffling uh, expected to happen, a lot of quarterback carousel stuff going on how have you enjoyed being part of the network this is our first time talking actually since you've joined the network so welcome officially to uh, the locked on family hopefully you've had a warm welcome you're enjoying yourself how have you uh how have you have you felt joining the network here as the host of locked on panthers yeah david uh it's nice to talk to you man it's been good so far honestly got a ton of great feedback and you're right joined at a pretty good time with the draft going on the carolina panthers making that trade about five weeks prior to the draft to bring Sam Donald here to Carolina to hopefully be the franchise quarterback, quarterback of the future. Of course, getting J.C. Horn on draft night at number eight overall instead of taking Justin Fields or Mac Jones, two quarterbacks yeah. who a lot of people mainly fields. A lot of folks down here in Carolina would have loved the scene be the base of the franchise moving forward. And then we kind of had the dog days there for the last couple of weeks before training camp finally opened up last week. But everything's been great so far. Everyone I've talked to has been awesome, been welcoming and Really happy to be a part of the Locked On family heading into this 2021 NFL season. Awesome. And yeah, we look forward to having you. Of course, we won't talk again after this for quite some time, at least in in an official capacity. I'm sure there'll be some meetings and things, uh, but the Panthers and Buccaneers don't face off until very late uh, in the regular season. But let's catch up Buccaneers fans on everything that's been going on Carolina Panthers and quarterback, the most important position on the field. So first, let's talk Teddy Bridgewater, because some Buccaneers fans were fans of Teddy Bridgewater uh, when the the quarterback situation was developing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers post Jameis Winston before Tom Brady was a real reality uh, for the franchise. Teddy Bridgewater was a name that came up a lot. So to see him ousted after just one year, how did you feel about the whole Teddy Bridgewater experiment in Carolina only lasting the one season uh, and then him being shipped off after the 2020 NFL season was uh, complete? Yeah, to be honest with you, I feel like Teddy got kind of a raw deal here in Carolina. When you look at his career, dating back to his time as a first rounder for Minnesota with the Vikings, 
in winning the division back in 2015 and losing that playoff game in horrific fashion when Blair Walsh doinked it off the post. I think he missed a lot wide left, whatever it was, in that brutally cold game against Seattle. And then you go back to when he was in New Orleans and he started in place of Drew Brees. And as a starter, I think they went 5-0 and with him. Of course, it's a team yeah. game. But as you saw in those situations, when he was in Minnesota, he had a really good defense with him and he had weapons offensively. The same case in New Orleans. When he has a good defense and he has offensive weapons and a solid roster around him, you can win with Teddy Bridgewater. So had he been in Tampa last season with that defense that y'all have Mm -hmm. and, of course, the offensive weapons, you would have been a playoff team with Teddy Bridgewater. Would you have won the Super Bowl? Probably not. I don't think he's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. But when he has pieces around him, Teddy Bridgewater has had success. And last season for the Carolina Panthers – Teddy Bridgewater still had four guys on that offense, and Curtis Samuel, Mike Davis, who's now in Atlanta, Christian, not Christian McCaffrey, but uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who all went over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. So he could have been that bad if he had four players on the offense going for over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. The problem was the offensive line's putrid. You didn't have the best yeah. offensive weapon in football, arguably, in Christian McCaffrey for 13 of your 16 games, and the defense was young and, quite honestly, just did not have the pieces in place to play the kind of style that coordinator Phil Snow wants to play. So you add all that up and not great kitchen kicking game, and you're going to mm-hmm. have a 5-11 and 11 football team with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Was it all on him? Absolutely not. The 0 for 8 in situations where the Carolina Panthers could have tied or won the game, um, that was something that's really hard to get past. Being 28th out of 32 teams in the red zone last season is hard to get past, especially when you're the quarterback and the expectation is at some point in time you got to make a play. We're all eight of those situations – Teddy Bridgewater's fault? Absolutely not. But at some point in time, you got to go out there and make the play happen. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, when the contract came out, three years, $60 million, it never made a ton of sense to me for why the Carolina Panthers would want to sign Teddy Bridgewater to basically $20 million a year, which this past cup, this past season, they could have had Cam Newton for one final year at $19 million, the same amount of money that they would have been paying Teddy Bridgewater. So it never really made a ton of sense to me. I understood that. He had a relationship with Joe Brady. He already knew the offense that he was bringing here to Carolina. He was a veteran quarterback, made more sense, I guess, than starting P.J. Walker, Will Greer, or Kyle Allen before they traded him up to Washington with former head coach Ron Rivera. But the way that played out, I just don't feel like the Carolina Panthers ever really gave Teddy Bridgewater a fair shake. Had he been here another season, I don't know how much better he would have been, how much better this team would have been. I just don't really see Sam Donald as much an upgrade, if an upgrade at all, from Teddy Bridgewater, which kind of gives leaves me head scratching head into the season in terms of where the Panthers are trying to go with this quarterback position. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I agree with pretty much everything you just said there. And and you know, Teddy Bridgewater obviously now moving on. The Carolina Panthers also moving on. And another quarterback who, you know, for better or worse, you know, quarterbacks are going to take uh the 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 lion's share of the praise when teams do really well. They're also going to take uh, the biggest share when they do poorly. Sam Darnold, largely labeled a bust. Obviously, the New York Jets have given up on him, shipping him off to Carolina. You just kind of mentioned it, not really an upgrade. Uh, from where I'm sitting, honestly, Julian, it's it's a downgrade. I feel like this is, this is a downshift from Teddy Bridgewater. I don't see the future in Sam Darnold that maybe the Carolina Panthers do, or maybe they're kind of hedging their bets and saying, look, Teddy's not the future. Maybe Sam's not the future either, but it gets us one step closer to figuring out what the future might be. So how do you feel overall? Obviously, a little bit we already know, but do you think there's a chance that this the Sam Darnold thing works out and that he can be a quarterback of the future? Or do you think this is just one more name on the way to figuring out who that guy is going to be in a year or two? Like, there's obviously a chance, right, that he could be better. You look at the intangibles, I think he's a little bit better of an athlete than Teddy. He mm-hmm. doesn't have the 
injury medical history that Teddy Bridgewater has of his knees. Now, Darnold has yet to play a full 16-game season in the NFL, whether it's been a shoulder injury or it's been mono or it's been an ankle. I know the mono one's just wild. Um, but he hasn't played a full 16-game season. But he has talent. There's a reason why he was drafted number three overall coming out of Southern Cal. And to be honest with you, I was never a huge Sam Darnold fan even back when he was in college. Like his yeah. first year when he started and he took over – after USC started off one and three and lost on the road on a Friday night to Utah, he was fantastic. The Rose Bowl game that he had, some of those throws were just money. And then all the conversation coming in next season, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He's one of the favorites to win the Heisman Memorial Trophy. And the guy doesn't even make it to New York. Now, we have plenty of guys that come in every season. Someone's going to be like, yeah, that guy's going to win the Heisman. I remember mm-hmm. one season they want to hand Liver Fournette the trophy after one month of the season. And typically that does not end up happening where the Heisman Trophy winner in September actually turns out being a Heisman Trophy winner. But he had issues turning the football over, dating back to college. If you go back and look at his past four years as a starting quarterback, his final year at USC and his first three years in the NFL with the New York Jets, he has thrown double-digit interceptions in every single one of those seasons. He's played 38 games and he has 39 turnovers in his career. And that's not just – it's not going to get it done in the National Football League. So he has failed to protect the football. But I get why the Carolina Panthers brought him here. The fact that he does have the intangibles to potentially has a, he has a bigger arm than Teddy. Teddy's not going to be a deep ball kind of threat, but with Sam Donald, they can try and stretch the field more. Mm-hmm. He's a better athlete. And then what is around him? McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who he had a connection with there in New York. You bring in Dan Arnold from Arizona to be a tight end. Hopefully he can be a red zone threat. Uh, also you draft Terrace Marshall, the offensive line, Still not great outside of Taylor Milton. And I'll say the right side, John Miller and Matt Paradis are right guard and center, respectively. I think they'll be just fine. The question marks are really on the left side in Cameron Irving and Pat Elfline. That's who ends up starting at left tackle and left guard, respectively. So I understand why they took the risk. It's just to me, I don't really see this as something that's going to solve the issue that they have right now. I still believe the Carolina Panthers are really in roster mode in terms of building an overall roster than chasing after a quarterback. But I would rather have seen the Carolina Panthers maybe stick with Teddy Bridgewater for another season than sign up for $18 million guaranteed next year for Sam Darnold, whether he's on the roster or not. So certainly it can work out if Joe Brady is the offensive mastermind that so many claim he is. is. But I still have a lot of questions and marks about Joe Brady and, of course, plenty of question marks about Sam Darnold because you can blame Adam Gase all you want. But at a certain point in time, like the player has to show signs that he's actually worth being a starting quarterback in the NFL. And Sam Donner really has not shown you too many signs of that. Right. I, I think you and I are basically on the same page as Sam Darnold. And, uh, you know, it, it's a little encouraging to get to get some reassurance from the from the outside, from somebody who's covering this quarterback closely now uh, that he's with your team. So hopefully, obviously, Carolina Panthers fans are going to be hopeful uh, that that we're wrong about Sam, that he can prove everybody wrong. And, uh, and hey, kudos to him if you can. In well, the I meantime, hope I'm wrong, too, Like, because I don't want to <laughs> sit here. Because that's the thing. I don't want to sit here in 2022 and have the same conversations that yeah. I've been having all yep. off season of will this guy work out the owner, David Tepper here in Carolina. I don't think he has the patience to sit around Mm-mm. and wait for a rookie quarterback to develop. Cause most guys aren't going to be Patrick Mahomes. If anything, you're going to hope you get a quarterback like a Josh Allen who has two years of up and down play, but good enough to get you the playoffs one of those years. And also shows you that he has the, the potential to be good. And then he breaks out in his third year. That's kind of what should be, the thought process when you get a rookie quarterback. David Tepper spent $2.25 billion liquid, and his team has been terrible his first three seasons and likely not going to be a playoff team again this year. 
I don't know how much patience this guy has. I don't think he has much to sit around and right. wait for a 21, 22-year-old rookie quarterback to develop when he's ready to win now. Yeah. I mean, in the meantime, you know, worst case scenario, the Panthers are building their roster around eventually what will become a better quarterback uh, to hopefully take a now solid roster to the playoffs and, and maybe to a Super Bowl championship. This episode of Locked on Bucks podcast brought to you by Rock Auto. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same part at a chain store or a car dealership than you can get it for at rockauto.com? A Honda Odyssey fuel pump is going to cost you about $350 at a popular chain store, but you can get it at a rockauto.com for $216 because rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and their prices are reliably low for every customer. Better yet, they have everything you could ever need, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Julian Council, host of the Locked On Panthers, joining me here. David Harris on the Locked On Bucks podcast. Find Julian on Twitter at Julian Council. Of course, you can find me at dharrison82. And and Julian, we've been talking quarterbacks. Obviously, that's a, that's a big storyline to watch throughout the season. But there's other things going on in Carolina as well. So let's update Bucks fans, our listeners, on what the Panthers are bringing to the field in 2021. Outside the quarterback, outside the NFL draft picks. We'll get to the draft class here in a minute. Who is Who are the biggest additions to the team? Who is the biggest addition to the team uh, as far as you see it? It's got to be on defense, I would say. And it's really between these three guys. A.J. Boye, a former Pro Bowl cornerback in Jacksonville and with the Houston Texans, signed a massive deal after leaving Houston. Five years, stay in Jacksonville. Then He was only there for four years in Jacksonville, but then gets traded to Denver, has issues last year with concussion, breaks out of the PED rules um, with the NFL, so he's going to be suspended the first two games this season. Also, Daquan Jones, defensive tackle, been a six-year starter with the Tennessee Titans, been there with John Robinson, their GM, and, and Mike Brabel and the turnaround where that team's a perennial playoff team at this point in time, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And then you got Hassan Reddick, who had a fantastic yeah. season last year with the Arizona Cardinals. If I'm looking at it, I honestly think of those three, I'd probably go with Daquan Jones, just based off the fact that he comes from a team that's a winner. Desperately, I think last season, Derrick Brown, their first-round pick in 2020, needed to have a veteran defensive tackle next to him, and he did not have that last year because Kawan Short, KK Short, once again, injured his shoulder for mm-hmm. his second successive season. He only played five games the last two seasons, no longer here at the Carolina Panthers. And as far as I am as far as I know right now, he's still a free agent. I think Derek Brown would have benefited from having someone next to him. In the Carolina Panthers, the last two years, where they've had veterans on the defensive line or they've had the rookies and the young guys like last year, they have not been able to stop the run. And if you get no. Daquan Jones in there, you also bring in Morgan Fox, but Daquan Jones mainly – I think that's going to help them be able to stop the run this season, which is going to be paramount and also going to allow Derek Brown to be able to grow this season. So if I look at any of the guys that they brought in this year outside of the quarterback, which I don't really have a, a lot of great um, belief in, I would say Daquan Jones is my favorite and probably the best signing that they made uh, this past offseason. 
Yeah, of course, you talk Panthers run defense and Buccaneers fans immediately smile at the thought of uh, not only Leonard Fournette's long run against Panthers last year, but then Ronald Jones, uh, his 98-yard touchdown run. So the Panthers probably looking at Daquan and Derek Brown, like you said, in that advancement of of his career to keep those things from happening again in 2021. But then we had the other side of that coin there, and then we're talking losses. Obviously, uh, we talked Teddy Bridgewater. So again, let's kind of take quarterback off the table. Also, uh, well, there's nobody to lose in the NFL draft. So outside of Teddy Bridgewater, the quarterback, where do you think the biggest loss from the 2020 season is coming on this Panthers roster? I think most people are going to say a Curtis Samuel, who's now up yeah. with the Washington football team. And that was also kind of puzzling to me why he would go back to that staff when they misused him for his first three years in the NFL. But he got the bag, so congratulations to Kurt. <laughs> it's hard for me to say that, though. Had Christian McCaffrey been healthy last year, Curtis Samuel doesn't put up the numbers he put up. The, Christian McCaffrey is their number one or 1A wide receiver next to DJ Moore. And then whoever else out there, Robbie Anderson would be the number three. And then Curtis Samuel would have been the number four. But last year, he got to be like a true number three receiving option with McCaffrey out for the season. So, or out for most of the season. So I, I don't want to say Curtis Samuel. I honestly want to say Mike Davis, because now you don't really have an insurance policy that you can trust behind yeah. Christian McCaffrey. You bring in Chuba Hubbard in the fourth round at Oklahoma State back in 2019, rushed for over 2,000 yards, was the top rusher in the FBS that season. Matt Rule, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, his wife actually called him on draft day saying, you got to get this kid. He absolutely killed us back at Baylor a couple of years ago. And lo and behold, he's <laughs> the Carolina Panthers. But he's still an unknown commodity. And he's had his own issues in terms of injuries throughout mm-hmm. his tenure back in college. Like really that 2019 season was the only time he was ever truly healthy at right. Oklahoma State. And then there's guys behind him like Reggie Bonifon, Rodney Smith, and it's just kind of like, who's going to be that backup and that insurance policy if McCaffrey goes down again? I don't think they have that. So I think Mike Davis, who's now an Atlanta Falcon within the division still, I think that was actually the biggest loss for the Carolina Panthers. I know most people would probably say Curtis Samuel, great playmaker. I just think the role he played last year was not going to be the role he would play again this season. And there's other options at wide receiver that they have. We're at running back. It's pretty much McCaffrey. And then uh, hopefully if these guys step up and step in, they can hopefully give you good enough production to still help you win football games. Yeah. I mean, smart answer. I, I'm not gonna lie. I expected Curtis Samuel, but you know, uh, Aaron Freeman, when I, when I had this conversation with him about the Atlanta Falcons, he mentioned Mike Davis as their biggest addition uh, in the off season. So, I mean, the, the two, the two analysts jive and, and obviously agree in the impact that Mike Davis can make for Atlanta and did make for Carolina. So good stuff there, Julian. Now let's switch gears to the NFL draft for Bucks fans who don't pay attention to the Panthers all the time. Uh, let's recap real quick. The Panthers draft class in the first round uh, selected South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn in round two, LSU's Terrace Marshall. Round three, a pair of picks, Brady Christensen, offensive tackle out of BYU, and Tommy Trumbull, the tight end from Notre, Notre Dame. Chuba Hubbard, the running back you were just talking about from Oklahoma State, went in round four. And then in round five, Carolina nabbing Davion Nixon, defensive tackle out of Iowa, and Keith Taylor, cornerback out of Washington, one of my favorite senior bowl attendees. Uh, round six, Deontay Brown, offensive guard out of Alabama, my favorite senior bowl attendee, Shai Smith, wide receiver out of South Carolina, also in the sixth round. And then Thomas Fletcher, long, long snapper out of Alabama. Hmm. Round seven, Phil Hoskins, defensive tackle out of Kentucky, so a ton of draft picks, a ton of college talent coming from a coach that was just coaching in the collegiate ranks, so he probably knows these guys pretty well. Uh, Julian, what are are your overall thoughts on the draft class, and then can you isolate your favorite pick from the group? Yeah, I can't do a draft grade because we haven't seen these guys play, and honestly, 
wait, what, three years down the road to even give a proper draft grade. So I've never really understand uh, the concept of that, other than the fact that the unwashed masses need to be fed content at all times. (laughs) But um, I, for me, Scott Fitter, the new Panthers GM, he came into the draft with only six picks. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't good enough for him. He mm-hmm. wanted to find a way to add more draft picks. And they got to 11, which actually ties a franchise record, which the first draft the Panthers ever had, they had 11 draft picks. And it took them 25 drafts later to finally get to that point where they brought in a ton of guys. So in terms of him trading back, getting assets, pretty much the Sam Darnold trade was a second, fourth, and sixth. He went back and got a fourth rounder and a sixth rounder from Houston and Denver with the Bridgewater trade and a trade back. Um, with the Houston Texans. So Sam Darnold only cost him a second rounder at this point in time. I appreciate that he went out there and sought out to do what he wanted to do, that he maneuvered the draft board in a way that we never saw from Marty Herney mm-hmm. and a way that we never saw from Dave Gettleman. It was something that was new here to Carolina. So I respect that. In terms of the players that he brought in, you get, you know, I, I guess a left tackle would have been nice. I was really hoping that Panay Sewell would have been there with the Detroit Lions instead decided they were going to draft him and then not play him at left tackle. Thank yeah. you a lot, Detroit. <laughs> but that would have been the only kind of criticism I'd have of this draft that they waited too long to address the offensive line, which has been an issue. Like they're going to the ninth straight season with a different starter at left tackle. And I have no reason not to believe that in 2022, it's going to be the 10th straight season with a new starter at left tackle. Mm. So not addressing that position at all. Um, Brady Christensen, fine third round, but they had a second round grade on him as a guard. And then a third round grade on, on him as a tackle. They see him more as a right tackle currently than they see him as a left tackle. So he's not going to solve any problems, it looks like, this season. Love the Terrace Marshall pick. They had a first round grade on him. He's someone who could step up immediately and be that number three wide receiver, yet the fourth receiving option on this team. So overall, I appreciate what Scott Federer did. And I'm going to kind of hold judgment in, term, of the, in terms of the guys he brought in until I see these guys actually play on the field. But a lot of people liked what the Panthers did. I saw a lot of A's, a lot of B's. All that doesn't mean anything. You just got to see what they do once they actually get on the football field. This episode of the Locked on Bucks podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. NFL action literally getting started as we speak. You can go to BetOnline.ag, all your latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs before the next contest. Head over to our friends at betonline.ag. Get your sign-up bonuses and your contest information. Don't sit on sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Again, that website, betonline.ag. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Julian Council, host of Locked on the Panthers podcast on Twitter at Julian Council. Joining us here on the Locked on Bucks podcast to catch us up on everything Carolina Panthers ahead of the 2021 season. And Julian, we've been talking a lot of Panthers. I got one more Panthers question for you. But first, I want to sneak in a Buccaneers question. Always interested to see what the outside people, what the people who aren't covering the Buccaneers on a day-to-day basis think of the team. And of course, this year is a little bit different coming off that Super Bowl. Still got Tom Brady, all 22 starters returning, plus some backup dancers. What do you think about this 2021 Buccaneers team? Well, they're obviously going to win the AFC South. I don't think that anyone in this okay. division can touch them. Uh, it would be interesting at the end of the season with Carolina because I've looked at the Panthers' schedule and, and feel like as competitive as they were last season, things got to balance out the, for them in terms of those one-score games. That's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to the NFL. And by the time they get to the end of that season, I think they could be a contender. And just those two Bucks games are what kind of has stopped me from thinking that this team has any chance of making the playoffs. It's going to be hard. 
was a week 16 and week 18 yeah when they play and the week 18 game it might not mean anything to tampa but the fact that you only have one bye week and one team gets to a bye week this year or again this year i think that's gonna stop that kind of week that last week resting of players i think the buccaneers absolutely will win the division will they win the nfc again Hard to say. I mean, Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers back, something that we weren't quite sure was going to happen. And they're still a team that the last two seasons, they've been to the NFC Championship game. They were yeah. number one seed last year, as you know, and Tampa went up there and beat them. Tom Brady, he's the GOAT. The fact that the dude goes to a different team and in that town, they're hosting the Super Bowl and then they win the Super Bowl in their hometown is just legendary status. If you already, if you needed anything else to prove that the guy is the GOAT, <laughs> there you go. And he's beat Mahomes twice yeah. now in big time situations. So, yeah, I think the Bucs will be a Super Bowl contender. Will they win the Super Bowl? I don't know. I really like what L.A. has out there with Matthew Stafford. Now losing Cam mm-hmm. Akers hurts, but they interest me with that offense. San Francisco, I mean, Garoppolo is hard to believe in. I don't think Seattle has enough defensively. It's I would expect this team probably to be back in the NFC Championship. Will they be the top seed? I don't know, but I think they'll probably be an NFC Championship team. And whether they go to the Super Bowl or not, it depends on really the injury luck because there's no way that you guys are going to be as lucky injury wise as you were last season, which is something I don't think a lot of people have talked about because that's really important because Kansas City loses that Super Bowl mainly because they didn't have any offensive tackles. If they have offensive tackles, do they win? I don't know, but it certainly would have been a lot closer than what 31 9, where the hell the score was. Yeah. 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 I mean, you have to believe that if Kansas City is fully healthy, definitely a more competitive game. And I mean, even as banged up as the Buccaneers were throughout the 2020 season, as far as missed games, uh, is, is calculated definitely one of the better teams in the NFL there and then you kind of mentioned it the Buccaneers sitting atop the NFC South in your rankings so I'm asking this question to all the NFC South hosts during this these preseason crossovers where do you think your team that you cover the Carolina Panthers stack up the NFC South at the end of this year I've said they're going to have between a seven and ten nine and eight record this is the youngest team in the NFL so right there that's going to probably tell you they're likely not going to win uh, enough games to make the playoffs Atlanta, they're a huge wild card to me. Their defense was atrocious last season. Arthur Smith, how good is he going to be without Derrick Henry in his offense? And Tannehill was good the last couple of years, but I think Matt Ryan, who's obviously he's been a he's been the league MVP. He's a better player than Brian Tannehill, and Tannehill's really I think been good because of the fact he hasn't been asked to do that much with a beast running back like Derrick Henry. But Atlanta, I just I have a hard time thinking that that team's going to finish anything anywhere other than bottom of the division mm-hmm. once again. And then with New Orleans, I can't be Taysom Hill, right? Like, there's no way. <laughs> so it's it's got to be your guy Jameis. Yeah. So are we getting another thirty for thirty? Uh, uh, it would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, I hope not for his sake, because I, I do like Jameis Winston. Yeah, absolutely. Have success eventually in this league. But New Orleans is not going to have Michael Thomas for possibly half the season. In week two, Carolina plays New Orleans at home, and that's a that's a gettable game. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Carolina Panthers are either second or third, and I, I would say probably third only because New Orleans overall has a better roster mm-hmm. and the quarterback question. I mean, Jameis doesn't take care of the ball, <laughs> and neither does Sam Darnold, at least throughout his couple of years in his career. But you know that Jameis actually can put up some numbers and actually can win with him. I just don't know if – I just I don't know about New Orleans. So I would say either second or third. It wouldn't surprise me if they finished second. It wouldn't surprise me if they finished third. It would surprise me if they finished last. And obviously, I don't think there's any chance that they're going to finish first, unless like Brady goes down. Right. And then, I mean, half you lose half your defense. I I think second or third. I'm going to go third place finish with the Carolina Panthers in 2021. 
Okay, fair enough. So all three NFC South hosts mentioning their teams as potential second placers. You 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 can see the possible third place finish. Uh, both Aaron Freeman and Ross Jackson firmly standing that their team will finish second. In the I'm NFC just being South. practical, man. It's just yeah, like, no, I appreciate it. Because I've <laughs> I've told myself and I tell the audience, it's like, okay, I think this team has a has a defense that can be really good. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. question for me is, like, they didn't get after the passer last year, so they have to prove it. And as good as Hassan Reddick was last season, he had, what, six sacks against the Giants. That was really one game where he got most of his sacks. Right. It was a contract year. Contract year is undefeated. So he needs to prove to me <laughs> he's not lying. Um, also, like, the offensive line, not great. You went at the line of scrimmage. And then the yeah. quarterback, also very important. So if I don't believe in the offensive line and I don't believe in the quarterback, it's very hard for me to say that I believe this team's going to finish anywhere other than, like, bottom two in the division. I don't think they're going to finish bottom. So third place just seems like the – the right place. Like, I think eight, nine makes sense. And that probably is going to be good enough to get you in third place in the NFC South. And maybe if things work out second place, but third, that feels right. And I think those guys are just being flat out homers. <laughs> Very realistic and honest analysis coming from Julian Council. Of course, the host of the Locked on Panthers podcast on Twitter at Julian Council. That's what you're going to get here at the Locked on Podcast Network. So make sure you guys out there, if you want to be smart Bucks fans, you got to be smart Panthers, Falcons, and Saints fans as well. Because when you're talking trash to those division rival fans, you need to know what you're talking about. Make sure you're checking out Julian five days a week at the Locked on Panthers podcast. Julian, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, David, anytime, man. All right, guys, and that's going to wrap up our Thursday slate of episodes. Again, two episodes dropping of the Locks on Bucks podcast for you. Crossover with the Saints, crossover with the Panthers. If you missed the crossover with the Falcons, go back Aaron Freeman dropping some knowledge about the Atlanta Falcons for us. We have the entire division covered. Now that you're finished with this episode, check out the Locked on Bets podcast. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. And now we can all sit back, get ready for some football. But of course, tomorrow we're going to be talking more football. So make sure you come back, join James and I. Until then, on Twitter, I am at dharrison82. James is at jarco and the Bucks. The show at Locked On Bucks. Head over to BucksNation.com at Bucks underscore Nation on Twitter. Find everything that we're writing. Until we speak again, please figure out about be safe, be kind to one another.